You're listening to This Naked Mind with Annie Gross. Hi, this is Annie Grace, and welcome to this Naked Mind podcast. And I'm here with Tom. Hi, Tom. How are you? I'm great, Annie. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for being here. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you. So, why don't you sort of take us back to the beginning? Where Where did um, your journey with alcohol start? Well, um, you know, I was raised in the Midwest, and uh, I just had drinking around me my whole childhood. My uh, all the adults in my in my life drank and it was very, very normalized. Nothing particularly horrible ever happened as a direct result of that um, drinking that was around me, but just, I was very used to adults who came home from work and, and cracked a beer as soon as they walked in the front door. And that was, that was life as normal for me. I had a pretty normal childhood, except for when I was uh, 11, 12 years old or so. Sadly, I had some sexual trauma in my life that I never dealt with as a child, as a young adult, actually never even saw counseling directly for that incident until I was well into my 40s. So it was sort of uh, unresolved trauma my whole life. I remember as a kid just having a feeling of I don't belong. I don't belong to my family. I don't belong to a friend group. I, I was not comfortable in my own skin, not comfortable with adults, with kids my own age, just never felt like I fit in. I spent a lot of time alone as a child. My my dad um, was a heavy drinker and um, a traveling salesperson and was gone a lot of the time. And um, I never felt I had a real close relationship with my mom when I was a kid and just spent a lot of time in my room playing guitar, listening to music, kind of being on my own. I didn't start drinking until probably late in my senior year of high school. And um, right from the get-go, I never drank like a quote-unquote normal drinker. I, I drank to get drunk from the start. And uh, that's how I liked to drink um, was until I, I couldn't drink anymore. So um, went to college and drank a lot. Graduated from college. I got a job in the restaurant industry and drank and, and started using pot a lot as an adult and had a job where I could do both of those at work and drink and drink and drink. And uh, I did get married eventually. And yeah, I, uh, you know, never had a super fulfilling marriage for a long period of time and uh, just continued drinking. Thought maybe if I got out of the restaurant industry, that would be helpful. Um, got into my current occupation. I'm an RN. And, uh, and um, sadly, as a nurse, I just kept on drinking and using drugs and um, had horrible imposter syndrome. And uh, everything came to a head not horribly long ago. I'm, I'm almost four years sober today. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. But I had a, a rock bottom moment and my marriage was falling to pieces at that point in time. Um, I remember 
asking my my ex-wife now if drinking was the problem in our marriage. Um, and her answer was that it certainly was. Um, and that's, I stopped drinking the next day and haven't drank again since. Um, and actually drinking was really a symptom of our marriage. Um, we had a lot of problems in our marriage and uh, me quitting drinking did not keep me from getting a divorce, but it did allow me to grow. So yeah, I, um, I got into AA and uh, did AA. I read your book. Um, I read a lot of books on quit lit, self-help, went to a lot of counseling to learn about myself, to deal with my own trauma. And uh, yeah, here I stand today, a sober man, so. Amazing. And so how, how has it been? Like, how has your life changed since you stopped drinking? Well, my life has changed dramatically for the better. Before I quit drinking, I was horribly depressed. Um, I was suicidal and very angry, very dark. I didn't see my life going anywhere productive. Today, I have a life that is just unimaginable. I'm, I'm so, so happy. I'm so fulfilled at my work. I have an amazing relationship with my kids. I, I, huge group of friends, huge, huge amount of support. I have hobbies that I'm very enthused about and active in. So life is, is extremely different for me. You know, if I was to really put my finger on it before I quit drinking, I had a very, very negative outlook on my life and on the world. And today my outlook is one of positivity and boundless optimism moving forward. Mm, love that. That's amazing. And how has it been for you uh, in your social life? Uh, it's crazy. I All of my life, childhood and, and all of my adulthood, I've had a very hard time making friends, um, being in social situations, and uh, keeping friends. And I think a lot of that was that uh, I, I did a lot of hiding of my drinking and my drug use. And so I felt like people were never getting the authentic me. They were getting the, the watered down hidden version of me. I just felt like nobody could know who I really was. And I didn't know who I really was. So I had a really hard time I, I had no friends at the time that I quit drinking. Today, I make friends with the greatest of ease. I maintain my friendships and um, I'm able to, to be vulnerable with people in a way that I never have been in my life, which allows me to have really authentic, meaningful friendships in a way that, that I never have known my adult life. So I just, I have an amazing friend group and amazing support. Um, amongst family and friends and and at work as well. Well, that's incredible. Do you have any any sort of tips or tricks or advice on how to make friends with ease? You know, for me personally, I uh, I think vulnerability is kind of a superpower for me. 
And I don't walk around talking about my struggles in life. You know, I don't wear that on my sleeve. Um, but if it comes up, I share, I share those things openly. And um, I have found that if I'm willing to share my own experiences, that other people quickly feel comfortable sharing their experiences with me. And when we're able to connect on, on those levels, I think friendship comes pretty easily after that. And um, man, I'm just so darn happy these days that I think people are attracted to, to my positivity and my warm smile and my, my positive outlook. I look back at who I was and I think, well, I wouldn't have wanted to be friends with that person either. And uh, today I'm quite different from that person. I love that so much, especially because what you're saying is it's almost the opposite of what we try to do to make friends. Like we try to posture and, you know, ensure that we're liked or somehow manipulate people, not even consciously manipulate, but just almost subconsciously, you know, alter their perception of us so that we appear in the best light and that, you know, they'll see what we want them to see and they'll feel hopefully what we hope they will feel. And so there's all of this noise and, and posturing. And what you're saying is like, actually the secret is none of that. It's just being incredibly authentic and mm-hmm. totally real. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, one thing sobriety has given me and um, all the work for me that's come along with being sober, the counseling, the books, you know, everything has been getting to know myself and actually growing to really love myself and be proud of who I am. Um, when I was drinking and using a lot of drugs, just I had a deep feeling of embarrassment and shame in, in who I actually was and what I was up to behind closed doors. And I think that I think that, that showed when I was out there trying to meet people and, and make friends. I think people knew deep down that I didn't like myself either. So why would they want to spend time with me? And, you know, today I'm someone who's very proud of the person I am and, and very happy with who I am. And I, and I think it makes it easier for me to be, like you were saying, authentic with people. And also, you know, that gets me to a point of like, hey, not everybody has to be my best friend. Not everyone has to like me. And when there's those relationships that just aren't working, that's okay with me. And I can, I can walk away from those and not feel resentful, not feel bad in the slightest about it and really focus on, on the ones that do work, the ones that, I'm, that are important to me. Mm, that's awesome. And when you, when you talk about this, this path to really loving yourself and, and moving from that place of like, of course, I didn't even like me. What were some of the ways in which that happened for you? Well, um, I think sobriety gave me the opportunity to, to make changes in my life that I could be really proud of. I think it started there, you know, um, when I got sober, uh, I was able to start exercising and, you know, that's one little thing, but it just made me feel good on the inside of my body. I lost a little bit of weight. 
um, and I started running and um, competing in different events. You know, I like to run these days. I like to run marathons and ultra marathons and being able to complete those events and train for those events gave me a level of pride in, in myself, my own body that I never had before, um, really gave me something to feel great about. I um, saw myself becoming a much better father, a more consistent father, a more loving father. And um, I saw the way that my relationship with my kids began to change. And again, just gave me something to be proud of, to love about myself that hey, I can be a good dad. Similar at work, just really sobriety gave me the opportunity to focus and, and be present in my work and have a level of um, enthusiasm and ambition at work that I never had before and allowed me to achieve and excel in my job in ways that I never had um, and just made me feel really useful in ways that, that I hadn't previously. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. It's almost like you just created a way to try new things and, and just give yourself some, some proof and some positive reinforcement. It's very, mm -hmm. it's yeah. Really neat. And so you mentioned like ultra marathons and running, and you had mentioned earlier hobbies. Is there any other hobbies that, that you came to? Yeah, um, just recently I started doing stand-up comedy. Oh, amazing. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. That was a, a New Year's resolution for me this year. Um, as long as I can remember, people have said that I should do stand-up. And uh, I always said, yeah, that'd be fun. And I never did. And, and this year I just decided this is the year. And so I took a, a class um, Again, you know, even taking a class like that is something I never would have done in my addiction. So I was so afraid of people. And um, so being involved in a class with a bunch of other silly, funny adults was just a heck of a lot of fun. And yeah, I've been doing um, stand-up comedy on a really regular basis ever since then. And um, that's been a blast. And uh, actually think about your book quite often because I do stand up in comedy clubs and bars. So I'm around drinking a lot these days. And uh, I've, I've read your book a few times and listened to it many times. Um, and I was on a road trip recently and listened to your book on the way there and back. And it just solidified in me for whatever reason, this last listen really got through to me that just strong aversion towards alcohol, that it's just something I know I don't, I can't have, but all of a sudden something I just, it repels me. It's something I don't want to have. I look at it like, like a glass of poison. Like, why would I ever put that in my body? And so being in these places, in these bars and clubs where there's alcoholic drinking happening all around me and I don't feel the slightest bit tempted and also don't feel the need to be judgmental, resentful, upset about it in any way. I can sit there and enjoy my time and uh, it's, it's very different, very different. 
Oh, I love that. That's amazing. And what a cool thing to just, you know, have that level of repetition and, you know, just keep going until you really feel that way. Like, I, I think that's awesome. I think so many people, you know, um, whether they compare themselves to other people's journeys or whether uh, they don't believe that it's possible to really feel peaceful around alcohol, even when you're not drinking it, that they kind of stop and give up and, and you just, you really kind of continued even to the point of, you know, multiple times, even four years in listening. And I think that's so inspiring. What, what was it for you that like kept you, you know, staying in the information? Oh, you know, recovery is just one of my favorite subjects in general. Um, I did mention I'm active in AA, but I'm not a, um, a big book thumper in AA. I, I take my recovery with a fire hose and I'm just, I'm out there looking for whatever good information I can get um, so that I can be helpful to myself and, and helpful to others as well. Um, so if I find something that I like, I'll give it some time. So it's a, a real passion and interest towards recovery and towards helping other people. I've long said, and I don't know if I made this up or if I heard it somewhere, honestly, so I'll just preface that, but I would say that I'd sooner drink a glass of bleach than a glass of beer because mm -hmm. bleach would be more merciful in the way that it killed me, you know, and, and, um, wow. and recently the last listen to your book, I walked away from that thinking about that that quote that I say and thinking like now I sort of see beer and bleach as the same disgusting that I wouldn't even consider drinking either one of them, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm just always, I'm so interested in recovery as I've watched myself go through it and seen how it's changed my life in such an amazing way that I just want to stay connected to recovery um, so that I can be helpful to others. Um, as, a, as a nurse, I get an endless opportunity to talk about recovery with my patients at work. Um, and so I'm always looking for new literature. You know, so many people want nothing to do with AA for, for their own reasons, and that's okay. And I love to be able to recommend different different options for them, you know, um, because for me, AA is amazing, but it wasn't the only thing that kept me sober. Um, so yeah, I like to, I'll take it all, anything I can get my hands on. I love that. What a, what a cool, um, approach and almost little ministry you have with your career and your outreach. It's just really beautiful. It's, it's been amazing. I do feel the powers of the universe bring me every alcoholic patient in town. It seems like they, they come to me and uh, I'm not the slightest bit shy in talking to my patients about drinking and drugs. And I'm able to be immediately vulnerable with them and, and let them into a bit of my story. And they can know pretty quickly that I'm the real deal and that, that I'm someone who struggled just like they do. And and that, uh, that I got help and maybe they can too. That's really cool. 
Really neat. Well, is there anything else that you want to share about your story before I ask you my final question? Hmm. Let me think. I think we pretty well covered it. I, I think uh, for me, that feeling of, of loneliness was just an unbelievable contributor to my drinking. Um, and in my recovery connection with others has been just such a, a huge piece of my recovery. So being able to reach out and make contact and build relationships with people um, has been really instrumental for me in my recovery, yeah. I also would recommend to anyone, you don't need to go out and run a marathon, but just get out, get out and move, you know, go for walks, go for hikes, go for a bike ride, whatever it is you like to do to move your body, I think is, is unbelievably helpful in, in getting through recovery. Yeah. Yes. I echo that. And science echoes that it's also true and so important. Absolutely. Absolutely. And even just sunshine, you know, outside ideally, but any movement. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, Tom, let me ask you if you're going to, you know, go back in time to your former self who was stuck and hurting and tell him about what your life is and lonely. Tell him about what your life is like now. What would you say? You know, I often think I would like to go back to that childhood self, you know, when I was alone in my bedroom and I'd like to go into that room and just give myself a hug and tell, tell myself that I'm loved, that I'm important, that I'm valued. I would love to be able to go back and do that. I mean, as far as, you know, my adult self that was so depressed and so lonely, um, I would just encourage myself to, to really look in the mirror and, and know what I was going through um, as far as what this disease was for me and to help myself believe that I could go get help and that life could exist without alcohol. Just was at a point where I couldn't drink anymore and I couldn't imagine not drinking anymore. And um, life just didn't seem possible anymore. Um, and now to be on the other side of it and see not only is it possible, but it's, it's beautiful and, and beyond my wildest dreams. So. Well, that's just amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. It's really, really inspiring. And I really appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're ready to see how This Naked Mind can help you on your personal health and wellness journey and want to learn more, go to thisnakedmindpodcast.com to learn what your next best step is. Again, that's thisnakedmindpodcast.com. We have all of our free resources, programs, social links, and more available for you there. Plus, if you have your own naked life story to share, you can submit it there as well. Until next week, stay curious. Stay curious.